Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 80 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for a new day to read your word. May we receive the message you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what's happening in John chapter 12. Jesus is eating with Lazarus, Martha, Mary, and others. John starts out by writing this is six days before the Passover feast. This is important because this is the week that Jesus is taken to the cross. Of course, Martha is serving because that is what she does. It's likely her love language as she offers her gifts of service to the Lord. Mary, however, took a pound of perfume and anointed Christ. This is how she showed her immense love for him. In other gospels, we read about her sitting at Jesus' feet and soaking in every word. Here, we read about her pouring a year's worth of income on his feet. She adored Jesus, and I love reading about this beautiful act each and every time I read through the gospels. Another interesting fact here is that Lazarus is at the table. I've read where his resurrection from the dead occurred about two months prior to this dinner. The fact that he is at the table is verification that he is alive and well. In verses 10 and 11, the chief priest planned to put Lazarus to death because so many people believed in Jesus due to his mighty miracle. So the chief priest became more jealous than ever. Fear and jealousy drove the priests to plan not one, but two murders. They wanted to cover up all the evidence of Jesus' mighty works, evidence that he had more power than they did. And it occurred to me that people have always been planning each other's demise and probably always will. People with faith and without faith land murders, even the chief priests. The gentle whisper I hear from God is that no one is exempt from sin. We are never too good or too holy to be exempt from it. We live in a fallen world and sin is continually knocking on our door. It is by the grace of God that we stay out of temptation. Jesus told his disciples more than once to be on their guard, watch, and pray. We can clearly see the need for us to pray the same. Next, we read John's short version of the first Palm Sunday. Zechariah, the prophet, foretells this event, that Jesus rides in on a donkey, but no one, including his disciples, fully understand he is the Messiah until he is risen. In verse 27, we see that Jesus is troubled and distressed because his time on the cross is drawing near. We may think we have troubles, but his mission was far more than we could have ever bear ourselves. Even so, he prays, Father, glorify, honor, and extol your own name. Then there came a voice out of heaven saying, I have already glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Yes, the Lord shows his glory over and over in his word. We are so fortunate to be able to freely read it and learn of him. Jesus desires nothing more than to further glorify God's name, even to the point of dying the most horrible death. May our hearts be soft to the Lord so we hear his voice and walk into his perfect plan. I'm not talking about the way that we will die, but more how we will live. Living for the Lord takes continual surrender. He will glorify himself through each of us as we surrender to him and allow him to do a work in us. Jesus goes on to say, now the ruler, evil genius, prince of this world shall be cast out, expelled. There is power in the blood Jesus shed. May we walk in his power and thwart the enemy. We start a new book today in the New Testament, the book of Ephesians. I love this book and this chapter. Paul was likely in prison when he wrote this letter. Let's make sure we take that into account as he encourages the church. His spirit of blessings upon the people doesn't change whether he was in prison or a free man. 
Almost every verse is underlined in this chapter of my Bible. Paul starts with praying for grace and peace to be upon the people. And then two of my favorite verses are written, verses four and five, which say, even as in his love, he chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, consecrated and set apart for him and blameless in his sight, even above reproach before him in love. For he foreordained us, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted, revealed as his own children through Jesus Christ in accordance with the purpose of his will, because it pleased him. It was his kind intent. I, for one, am grateful beyond words that God chose me to be his. He chose you to be his too, picked you out before the foundation of the world to make you holy and set apart for him. These verses demonstrate God's immense love for each of us. And as we read on, it just keeps getting better. We are redeemed through the blood of Christ for all our sins and offenses in accordance with the riches and generosity of his gracious favor. There is nothing here on earth that can truly satisfy us. For so many years, I pursued other things, but God, his son, and grace are worth our pursuit, our only real pursuit. There are riches untold in his kingdom, and we are privy to them now. We need only receive the grace, peace, and love he offers We have not because we ask not for sure, but I also think we need to be better receivers. Receiving is difficult for those of us who serve, but it is essential for us to receive the riches the Lord already desires to give us, and they are all found in his word. Nothing has changed me so completely as reading the Bible. There are so many riches Paul writes about in this chapter. Take time and meditate on all the goodness here. Let's see what's happening with the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 7. Moses tells them when they fight the enemies for the promised land, they are to utterly destroy everything. They were not to let anyone live, for if they did, they would be tempted and lured to worship their gods. Everything was to be destroyed. And this may seem harsh, but verse 6 tells us why. For you are a holy and set-apart people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a special people to himself out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. Yes, God chose these people as his. And doesn't this sound similar to earlier reading in Ephesians today? We are loved and set apart for God. There are untold blessings in store for God's people if they would obey all that had been told to them. Pay attention to how gracious God is to them. Then Moses addresses their fear about nations that they will fight that are bigger than they are. He tells them to not be afraid, but remember how God delivered them from Egypt. He says, you shall not dread them for the Lord your God is among you, a mighty and terrible God. We need to remember this too. Remember just how great and mighty God is. It seems so many people are overwhelmed and overcome by the challenges of this world. And I know the challenges are many, but we serve a God who overcomes all things. There is nothing impossible for him. And we as his servants are covered as the Israelites were covered. Take your time to read through this chapter as well and discover the promises of God, which are meant for you too. I especially like where God confuses the enemies with a mighty panic until they are destroyed. Yes, our God is a great God. Well, let's see what's happening in Deuteronomy 8. We start out with a powerful truth, one which Jesus refutes the enemy with in verse 3, which says, And he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor your fathers know, that he might make you recognize and personally know that man does not live by bread only. But man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Even their clothing did not wear out during all those years. They were able to walk all those miles for all those years without having physical issues to do as well. This is amazing. God provided way back then, and he will provide for us today. 
Then Moses reminds them that when they are fully satisfied in the promised land, to not forget who put them there, who gave it to them. In verse 18, he says, but you shall earnestly remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Yes, even today we are what we are and have what we have because of God's hand. Let us be thankful to him today and every day. Well, let's see what Asaph is writing about in Psalm 80. He again petitions God, asking him to save them. The same thing is written and prayed for in two different verses, verse 3 and verse 19. Restore us, O Lord, God of hosts. Cause your face to shine on us and we shall be saved. Yes, we all seek God's restoration. And thankfully for us, this can happen every minute of every day. The Israelites had to wait for God to restore them to himself. We, however, can pray this prayer continually and receive restoration because Jesus died to make it so. God is greatly to be praised. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for choosing us to know you. Forgive us for the sins we have committed and will commit, Lord. Thank you for restoring us to you right now. We praise you for all you do and all you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.